Hello everybody, this is Alan Fine. I'm here with Rudy Soderman, who's the master chef for Holland America Lines, and we are on Rotterdam. It's the new Rotterdam, but it's not new, it's N-E-W new, right? <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about all things culinary on Insider Travel Report. Rudy, thank you for talking to us. Pleasure to have you here. My first question. When you were a kid, did you play with your food? <laughs> yes. I was not allowed to play. <laughs> and your parents were like, what the, what are you doing? And you said, I'm going to make a career of this. Yeah, well, I wish I would have known it that time. But I was, as kids, we were playful, right? We were right, right. kids in the sandbox, but I never could. I wasn't ever allowed to play with the food. It was, uh, you know, but anyway, as we go what up. What a great thing it cost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's, it's a pleasure to work with food. You yeah, know? Yeah. It's an art form. It's yeah. pleasure. So, so, so you played with your food as a kid. And then uh, at what point did you start, did you cook for f people? When did you start cooking for people? Was it your own family? Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a family of 11. We are 11 children. I'm a triplet. Austria. In Austria. My father was from Italy. My mother from Austrian, you know, Lamour came together on the, on the borders at that time. Anyway, so uh, I became, my mother was a chef, and I, actually I grew up in the kitchen. I was a chef, with 14 years I was sent to apprenticeship. Wait, wait, so, so you left the house already? I thought you were still with your family. No, I was you still with my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, one thing at a time. Yeah. So you, you cooked for your family, you helped your mom, who was the cook, your mom or your dad? My mom. My mom. You learned a lot from her? Yeah, my, my papa died when I was nine years. So I was cooking at this time. We were well, she we, needed help. Yeah, we were helping together. You know, it's a big family. We were helping together to meet the mid end at that time. Mm -hmm. And she always said, you need to be a chef, Rudy, because you never will be hungry. And she was right. <laughs> wow, so you listened to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> like a good boy. Yeah. All right, so then your first professional job was where? Actually, I, I graduated in Austria and left with 18 years to Paris. The France de la Serre, which was a three-star restaurant, and then I left to Geneva, Geneva, to Genf. Genoa, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I went to Seattle, in matter of fact, to the Olympic Hotel. So, did you always learn on the job, or did you actually get some training? Yeah, that's a good point. As a chef, you train the years in in, in the different countries and countries and cultures. So yes, we have an apprenticeship for four years. I was a pastry chef and a chef. Mm. And then I graduated, and then I, as a chef, as we all do, want to learn. And I was very eager at this time to work in the best hotels, the best restaurants, and make a career out of it. Mm -hmm. So, so now let's track this. So, Paris, then uh, Genoa, then where? Back to Austria, then okay. to Seattle. To Seattle. Yeah. So uh, you got an offer where in Seattle? A Plaza Hotel. It was the Olympic Hotel at that time. Sure, sure. Uh, what did you do there? I, I was an apprenticeship again. You know, uh, my English was... Very How old are you at that point? I was at 20, 21. Uh -huh. And, uh, and they said, stop playing with the food. <laughs> yeah, no, no, at least I, I wasn't allowed to play food. I was just mis making me some plus. Right. I was trying to learn my English and uh, I stayed there six months. And then I went back to Europe. And then I uh, work in the different hotels in Switzerland again. And uh, in the winter season, I know we chefs learning on experience. It was the best what I did. And then I said, no, I don't like this to stay in Europe anymore. I want to I wanna go on a ship. I was 23. Wait, 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 out of nowhere? Or had you cruised? No, I never cruised. So what was the attraction? The attraction was, you know, when you live in the mountains, 
as a, as a, as a young cook, I would say so, a young chef, and uh, dreams of the oceans, being out there on the sea, and then uh, apply to a few cruise lines. You know, we all do send letters, we had no fax, we had no emails, we sent letters. And certainly, finally, I was getting a letter back, ha, ah, I have a job <laughs> on a cruise ship. So what was the first one? It was Vistafjord. <laughs> it was which? Vistafjord. Okay. Yeah, it was a Vista Fjord. What year was that? It was, what, 1882. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and what was the job? Yeah, it was uh, just a, a cook, a fish cook, a, a comic cook. You know, at this point, he's just too happy to get a, mm -hmm. a, a position on the ship. Absolutely. And, and matter of fact, since I had all my experience in France, abroad, I was immediately very lucky. I saw my potential. And I, 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 I grows within three years. I was executive chef on board ship. Oh, so so they saw yeah. that you weren't just a short order cook. Yeah. That you had you've been around. Yeah, and I, I was very lucky. Then I, I, I started as a chef de body, uh, running a small station, and immediately after was a sous chef. And then, you know, when we work six months on the ship, mm -hmm. then we have three months off. Mm -hmm. I, again, I went to work to France. Again, I worked to, to Italy. So I was. You went back to brick and mortar. You went yeah, back yeah, to the. the yeah. I was always very hard working, very eager to to to. You never took time off. No, well, not really. But I had to choose what I do, mm -hmm. because as a chef, young chef, uh, and then I had the idea to write my first cookbook. I started writing a cookbook. I was hardly. What year was this? I was hardly twenty-three years old. I started to write a cookbook. People said, what are you doing, writing a cookbook? Oh, it sounds a little bit strange, but I said, yeah, I'm writing a cookbook. <laughs> so I wrote a cookbook, I was 24 years old. What was the topic of the first one? It was the culinary a dream cruise, the culinary traumreise. Wait, say it again? The cruise ship cookbook. Okay, it was yeah, a yeah. cruise ship cookbook. cookbook yeah. It was beautiful. At a time when no one was doing that. No, and it was, it was beautiful, a big coffee table book. And it became a hit in Europe. And then I became the executive chef on Queen Elizabeth II, on a QE tour. Did you guys know that? Yeah, so uh, my, yeah. I, had, I had a fast track record yeah. here, yeah. Okay. And then I was, uh, again, my age, I was so young, so I had a brigade there with 160 people. Now, I, I hope your cabins are getting bigger as this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the nice, no, actually, that was the nice part. Right. That's important. When I visited the field, I had the most, I had the best cabin, almost better than the captain. <laughs> so it was, it was, Whenever I went vacation, I had to fight. I was always worried. Always said to my, 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 my sous chef who took over while I was on vacation, just make sure we don't give the cabin away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, so then, um, so what, 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 after that, what was the next job? Yeah, actually, then Cunard uh, was, Wistafort uh, was born. Well, how long were you Cunard? Well, Wistafort was purchased by Cunard line. Cunard oh. purchased Vista Sagafjord. Okay. And then, and also sea goddess at this time. So I became a chef, the corporate chef, with a dire fleet with 25 years. So I was managing at that time, I spent, yeah, at this time, nine ships. And then I revolutionized the entire British maritime, of calling maritime on Queen Elizabeth II. Mm -hmm. There was this young Austrian guy uh, who was, came from the Wisterfjord as executive chef. But this huge chef called Banbridge, he was a huge guy, so almost 70 years old, and he was saying, what the heck are you doing here? I said, well, and, but he had respect what I have achieved. 
this was my sure. thing. Well, you had a book, and you and you ran, and you ran it like a you ran it like a tight ship, yeah. the pun intended. Yeah, yeah, and it was very, very nice. This, he did like this, Rudy. Listen, and he was a beautiful man. And I went in his kitchen. <laughs> his kitchen. There was about two hundred chefs, <laughs> one Austrian, one German, the French, and I. I was asked by the chairman, it was Ralph Banner at that time. Ralph was a beautiful president, and he says, <laughs> he says, Rudy, can you do it? I said, well, give me the chance, I fix this. Anyway, so I managed this huge Queen's Bay tour to transform the British kitchen to an international representable kitchen. Right. And uh, so I could write a book about it. So, so this I is the late 80s now? Yeah. In, in uh, 87, 88, when we transferred the Queen Elizabeth II to, uh, with a new engine and so forth, and I saw a great, a great opportunity. I said, okay, the ship goes to dry dock for six months. Bingo, I said, okay, great opportunity. Let's start from scratch. So I hired about 60 girls, 60 women chefs on board ship. Never done before. So I brought the first woman chefs into the kitchen, in the dining room. I went on hiring trips to entire Europe and I booked everywhere chefs who were with me bringing the Queen's back to service. Sure, I kept the tradition of British cuisine intact. Sure, I had British chefs. But there was that extra, like if you wanted something exotic, it Ex was there. Exactly, yeah. So there was choice. It was a choice. And we, we actually I was very proud I managed this very successfully. And we had fun. I mean, uh, I never forget. We had so much fun in the kitchen well, that we managed those from from what we achieved at that time was un unprecedented it's, it sounds like you just worked hard worked hard but i know since i know you had kids so there must have been some fun at some point <laughs> <laughs> but so let's go from cunard to where a chef always has fun okay. <laughs> now from cunard so then we were purchased my mind we had now we had the sea goddess at this time which was a luxury uh, segment of the cunard which I was very proud. I got the first Michelin guide for ratings for, for this ship. Mm -hmm. I, I transformed there each, each kitchen, which I managed at that time. I really was focused, had the best attention, the best characteristics of- When they give a Michelin star, is it for a specific kitchen or was it for the whole, the whole project? I was working very hard because we had the Queen's Grill, the Princess Grill, which I was very proud because we did something there which was never done before. We had the entire culinary maker was watching us at that time, what, what I was doing. So I become, I invited the entire French culinary on board crossing. I started the first culinary transatlantic crossings. The chef summit at sea, uh, first woman chefs in the kitchen. I changed the midnight snacks, my favorite midnight snacks. It was, we were working very hard to be innovative, over the years. After Cunard? Good point. No, after 11 years Cunard, I got an offer from Royal Caribbean. That was a tough one. Now, now did you have a contract that you had to break? No, or? no, when Cunard was sold, Cunard was bought by Carnival. I had a great offer from Royal Caribbean. They said, Rudy, you have carte blanche, we're building the first largest ships in the world, the voyage of the glass of the seas. And this was an undertaking. And I had car plans. So you said yes, sir? Yeah, I said yes. I, I take on the responsibility. I stayed there for seven years. I launched in seven years nine ships. 
So it's meanwhile carnival, forget about. Yeah, sure. I didn't move on. Yeah, I, I, I moved on. I know they built the Queen Mary. I wished, in so hindsight, I should have stayed. Oh, yeah. you should have stayed and stayed with Carnival, but instead you decided yeah. to go with Royal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, make a long story short. Too late. I was too late. <laughs> <laughs> Keep Any, going. Anyway, but I was I'm, I'm, I was very ambitious at this time, very, very futuristic. Right. And they offered the Rudy building a whole Voyager class ships, the Voyager of the Seas, right. uh, five ships in, in five years, plus we built the Radiance class ships. And I said, huh, oh, that sounds interesting. And this was a major undertaking in my career, uh, building the first ships in my... So you got to actually, well, was this the first time you actually got to choose the equipment, or did you always get to, to build your kitchens? No, it was the first ever in my time. Yeah. I, I, I knew ships was built. So, so, you, my, so this is the first time you didn't inherit a kitchen, no. you said, this is what I want. This, I could decide. Cool. I could what year decide. is this now? Now we're talking about uh, early 90s. Okay. Uh, with the Voyager of the Seas was launched. And uh, I came in one and a half year before, I'll never forget when Richard Fan said to me, Rudy, or uh, this management style, uh, you have carte blanche, here are the restaurants, what are we doing? Mr. Will, uh, Mr. Jack Williams was there, the president. And I said, you must be kidding me. There was not even a menu ready for one of the There was a food concept. So I said, okay, what are we doing? Well, it was a fascinating opportunity to show my creativity, I have to admit. I was going totally, I hired the best people. I had a big following at that time already. So a now lot- wait, how many books at this point? More yeah, I've already, this I'm waiting for books. Four books. Yeah. I was uh, flying and uh, it was very, very interesting because how you build these huge ships, how you staff the ships, I had no clue. But it was a strong learning curve and I was very lucky. I had a strong following of chefs who followed me. Chef, you want to be with you? And I was very lucky. I had 40 chefs and we really in, did an amazing job. So, so you're as good as the people around you and you, you collected some good people? Absolutely. And that was actually, but we had the first steakhouse at that time, an Italian restaurant. We had the first Asian restaurant, first Tapanaki. Mm -hmm. I had really the opportunity mm -hmm. to do something was never done before. And then the comments came in, and this is the way it stayed. Yeah, and then I wrote immediately every year a cookbook to make sure we're out there in, in a public marketplace mm -hmm. that, that the travel advisors are aware what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And we watched everywhere, and we reduced. I, mean, I have to say, what I did there in seven years today, I don't know how I did it. Did I, did I sleep? Yeah. I don't know what I was smoking and drinking. <laughs> so, so we're at Royal Caribbean, and then what? And then I got a phone call from <laughs> from Dirk Landemann. <laughs> he was the president of Holland America Line. He said, may I speak to you? And I know I said, no, okay. And he said, we would like to have you at Holland America Line. And what would it take? Uh, yeah, I said, okay, uh, move to Seattle. And... Uh, don't you have contracts each time you do this? No, we don't have, we didn't have contract this time. We had, you know, I was uh, handshakes. No, it was not. Uh, we have a. We sign off. We give a notice for sixty days. You know. That's so, it. Yes, that's at that time. You know. So. So I you were there for a number of years. I you were past there, sixty I, I, days. I was seven. No, I was there seventy years, and yeah. then there was also management change, like it is in big corporations, and uh, it was uh, a very, very. But we worked 
like horses. All right. So, like so did you need a change? Were you now ready for a change? But 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 you would lose your 40 great people. No, no. It's interesting. So I said also this time to the management there, Adam Goldstein was there. There was a lot of stuff going on here, and I said, okay. I said, I don't want to work anymore. I work for myself, I said, in the future. I want to be a consultant. That made a change here. Mm. When you offered to come in as a director, I said, no, I have a better idea. I can be much more valuable to you if I, you hire me as a consultant. And it's paid off immediately because I could do much more thing. You know, and he saw it, and Stein saw it also, and Johan said it also. Sure. So you started at Holland America as a consultant. Yeah, yeah. But I was integrated in the management in one way. That was a fine part and, and with the underlying comments. I was very integrated in the management happening, doings, and was on the management team to bring out new ships and improve the food product. And then wasn't it your idea to have a culinary council? Yeah, actually, uh, when I joined Holland America, and one of the ideas I brought to the table immediately to bring culinary to the next level by having a, a culinary desk kitchens on board, the cooking, the art center. And I came in with a strong proposal with the culinary art centers. We need a guest chef program. This paid off immediately. You know why I did this? Why? For the chefs and for the guests. Right. The chefs were benefiting, getting new faces in the kitchen, new recipes. So you were helping their careers. Yeah, it was very important for me. And I could not have done this when I worked there. I can go, this was the good part. In the meantime, I, I laid immediately a, a plan ahead what needs to be done in culinary service. Uh, we built a school in Tunisia, and I gave a lot of credit to the previous management, Kirk Landemann and Stein, to make sure that we had an Indonesian crew on board ship. I think that's what Holland American was all about. Mm. You know, the Dutch relationship, the, 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 the sincerity, the great service. In the food, we worked very hard to be the best in the industry, at least competitive, you know. So that brings us up to date? Yeah. So, and then was definitely the culinary council was a, a strong idea of mine uh, to do something else what no Cruzland has done before. So what, what, what that did though is, I mean, it, it didn't diminish your star, it increased your star because you were helping others and, and you, you created a team that has like a gestalt where it's stronger than just each one individually it feels like. It never was about myself, you know. I always reach out to people how I can help them, how we can combine in, in, in the tough kitchen environment we're working in there, mm -hmm. producing this daily food into the highest, highest level of ingredients and skill set and so forth. Does the council fight at all or does everyone get along? How does the council function? <laughs> chefs, chefs never fight. <laughs> we never fight. Uh -huh. Well, you have knives. It's a scary proposition if you do. Actually, chefs are very romantic. Uh -huh. We all chefs are romantic. Chefs are very, very down-to-earth people. They're very protective, absolutely. Uh, if a, share, a chef cannot share recipes, forget it. If a chef cannot smile, 
is the wrong food. So it's not like a magician where you, where you don't want them to know your tricks. You you guys like to share. Yeah, it's, it's about sharing. Life is too short not to share ideas and recipes. Certainly, we certainly do it with your dishes. We share those. So <laughs> so I think, no, we don't fight. You know, we, okay, I, I've never seen right. this here. Now, let's talk about the seafood. There's a lot of heat in the kitchen here, yeah, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of wood with fall, and then, you know, that's, that's the way we operate, you know. There's pressure. There's a lot, but a lot of respect. A camaraderie, you know, a camaraderie and a lot of, uh, we cry together, we fight together, we work together, we sleep together, we, we all do this in the ship. Is you know, let's talk about the sleeping together now. I mean, in the belly. Okay, all right. Because the, the food tastes <laughs> like it has love in it. <laughs> all right, we're going to cut that part. Yeah. You know how, do you know how was Rudy Seltemer bought this restaurant here? This is the, the first story, the story. Yeah. Well, well so, yeah, yeah. so this is the third one? Yeah. This was also revolutionary that a, a chef on board ship, which is a master chef, it was a great story. When, when we looked at for a space on board ship, what should we put in there? And everybody said, put in a Chinese restaurant, which I did with uh, with, uh, with Tamarind yeah, Museum, right which was a beautiful restaurant, which I'm very proud of it. Uh, it, it became a, a vision of mine and paid off very well. So I wanted to have a seafood restaurant on board ship, something which not has been done before. It, it seems incredible that you're at sea. This is the first time. Yeah, yeah, I think about it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's just amazing. And, I, and it was a big discussion, I never forget. No, Rudy, a seafood restaurant. I said, why not? It won't work. won't work. I said, why not? I said, listen, I have an idea. Let's try it. We have a seafood bistro. We go back to Cotesur, where I worked, and we make it workable. And trust me, it will people love seafood. It's not just seafood, it's French. Yeah, it's French, yeah. It's, it's got a, it was Seltemere. And then we came up with the Seltemere. We agreed. And actually it became a very successful, beautiful restaurant, you know. So how did you design this menu? Yeah, when I, I design a menu, it's not, I always have a chef, uh, an alliance of chefs, the council chefs, I call it, even internally we are chefs, because I cannot do all my work myself. I have people who are, work very closely with me, and as I said, we work together, we sleep together on the ship, not together, so just to correct it. And when we, lay a mood board of dishes what people might like can we source it can we make it can we get ingredients and so forth and yeah, so it's not just the whim it is a business side of that absolutely because you know we cannot just trim up something we cannot deliver mm-hmm. but i'll put the bar up here on the said okay let's let's go to cottos here let's what we want to go here is seafood is french it's it, the taste of the salt de mer, of the sea salt, and so forth. So I come up with this menu as a, as in a team effort, and so far it has been a success. So far also we served over, I would say, 40,000 menus, in the pop-up menus, also on other ships where Rudy's salt de mer does not exist. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty. Yeah, so so it's it's not a facility, it's a spirit. Absolutely, yeah. yes, absolutely. Okay. And uh, we then we had the idea to create something which never done, has done before in the hospitality business, nowhere in the entire world. I created this food phases, which became the talking point at this restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, and every plate I made for this restaurant is signed. 
had been produced by Benadol, a French company. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, and everybody has Avis played has a story, and this fitted perfectly together. When the guest comes at Rudy's Seldemir, they looked at the place and said, "Wow, wow!" Immediately conversation bit because it's art, seafood, the chef, and so forth. It's the whole story is combined in a beautiful meal in a beautiful experience on board holding the America line. No, no, no. Yeah, so yeah. it's part of the motif. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's, yeah. let's talk about individual dishes because I want to show them. So we ordered the, the fruits de mer, and I'm telling you... The fruit de mer. The fruit de mer came out, and, and we, it was like a monolith. We all had to look up at it. What it the? Was the, there was so much... F- fruit de mer is the optimum, optimum in any French restaurant with a lot of ice, with a lot of crab legs. Oysters, shrimps, you name it. Your escargot were, were, were fabulous. The, um, the crab bisque. These, I'm, I'm saying what I had. The menu is, is much, I couldn't have everything. I have to say, every single souffle you made was lighter than air. They were all helium-based. Uh, the souffle de fromage, unbelievably light. Uh, uh, and then that dessert, the Salzburger knockerel. Knuckle. Knuckle. The chef Rudy Souffle. Since I grew up in Austria, as you can imagine, when my mother was whipping up the, the egg white to meringue, added some egg yolk, a little bit of sugar, and picked it in the oven. And that's Salzburg Knuckle. You know? And it came out with three peaks, you said. Yeah, and you form it in three peaks in three mountains. Because of the mountains in mountains, Austria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a, a world famous dessert, and I served this in my restaurant here, and it, people love it. And, and the other, the, the presentation on the, uh, uh, which one was it? The presentation on the grilled seafood platter, where a hangman's noose with what, what's hanging? Tell us what's hanging. You loved it? it I love the presentation. Yeah, people. So what's hanging This there? is the most photogenic dish on board. I was very skeptical. Should have featured this dish. People loved the presentation. It was a langoustine. Yeah. It was a, a grilled that langoustine. Was a langoustine. Hey, yeah, yeah. So you have to take the langoustine and cut it on the table and, or bring it back in the kitchen. On the, the, the I was like, what did, what did the langoustine do wrong? <laughs> I felt like he was being punished. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's a, one of the most popular uh, uh, dishes, and people immediately. And then he, what I always Does it taste better because it's hanging? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. well, I love presentation. Yeah. When, when I make the people smile and think about what had the chef in mind putting this fish on a hanging skewer and brings it out hanging? I can lay it also there, but I think it's 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 well, no, well I, it, it's reminiscent of a, a big catch on a ship on, on a, a fishing boat where it's hanging. Yeah, yeah, this also could be yeah. seen as this here, but it's the most photographed dish at Rudy's. Seltemir, no doubt about you know. So let's wrap up with um, we got. Over more than 95,000 travel advisors watching um, w- tell them why they should go on a Holland America trip and, and, and visit your restaurant well there's a very simple question we love you Holland America is an amazing brand you have a choice but trust me I'm a name my middle name is quality I would not be here you know I just hold a line is the quality would not fit to my standard. And we have an amazing crew, an amazing staff, and a beautiful history on our ships. And we work very hard, 
and I'm very competitive. Food at Rudy's seldom there. Uh, it's fantastic. The steakhouse on board ship, it's very competitive to any steakhouse. We probably we have the best Asian restaurant, Tamarind, which also should have had my name, but I'm not Asian. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we try very hard. Sure, food is subjective, but I, I think we pr can pride us as a company with great employees, provide an honest product, and uh, we enjoy what we do. Well, the Holland America line is known for its food, and you are the reason. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the reasons. I work very hard, and I'm very proud to be associated with Holland America line and with our group. Thank you for talking to us, Rick. And nice seeing you, huh? You come back, okay? Oh, I will. <laughs> and this is Alan Fine for Insider Travel Report.